This morning I want to continue on the second part of the message from last week that I believe the Lord shared with me in October is direction for this congregation and, and this ministry. Not just for 2024, but as we move forward. Somebody say forward. This is not a year thing. This is not a uh, 2024 saying and then we move forward. This is, a, this is a launching point with no ending point. This is a starting spot and the goal is heaven. Is that all right? Last week I shared the words that I believe the Lord gave me in October at around midnight. More before more. Somebody say more before more. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you remember that. I, as Pastor Doug got up and he said, how many is ready for more? I'm not sure that anybody, maybe the mic wasn't on. I'm going to take it as that. Maybe I could hear it in the first row, but y'all couldn't hear it back there. And, 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 but I believe the Lord made it clear that we are coming into a place of opportunity to expand the kingdom of God. Somebody say opportunity. So I'm going to talk about opportunity for a second. The Cleveland Browns yesterday had an opportunity. They did. How many know they had an opportunity? They did. And I'll let you decide when you look at the score what happened. But sometimes we take advantage of the opportunity. And sometimes we don't. The difference between a win and a loss in a game is just that. It's a win and a loss in a game. But the difference between expanding the kingdom of God and taking advantage of that opportunity and not expanding the opportunity that God has given us is lives and souls. It's much different. It's not a game. Look at your neighbor say it's not a game. More before more. I believe God also made it very clear that, and I'm going to restate this from last week, that God is waiting on us. We are not waiting on him. That he is in position and we have to get ourselves in position. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to restate everything from last week, but the mission of this church has not changed. We are called to minister the life of God into the heart of humanity. If they're breathing, regardless of what they look like, Regardless of what they believe, how many understand, it's our responsibility to minister the life of God into their heart. Our core values haven't changed. But to see and be all that God is calling abounding grace to be, and to be all that God is calling us as individuals to be, there must be more before more. I shared last week, and, and there was a heaviness due to, I believe, the responsibility and the assignment of more before more. How many like to get excited? Absolutely, man. I love to get excited. I, I love when, when we start talking about kicking walls out, I get excited. When I start talking about, when they start talking about expanding, I get excited. But when they say, let's have a work night, how many get excited? Yeah, not, not a lot of folks, not a lot of folks. See, the first more before more, the first more part, that's on us. Look at your neighbor say, that's on me. It's deciding in that first more if he is more important than me. It's in the first part of more deciding I'm going to choose his will versus my will. His plan versus my plan. 
More before more. Just to recap a little bit from last week. More before more means more devotion, more commitment, more faithfulness. More prayer, more fasting, more purpose. It's getting quiet. It's all right. There's more coming. More reaching out and serving. We talked on Wednesday night about serving everyone. Who's everyone? It's everyone. It's everyone. Well, pastor, they don't agree with my political affiliation. They're still everyone. Pastor, they don't believe like I, I believe. They're still everyone. How many knows an everyone? Hold on, how many knows an everyone? Everyone knows an everyone. And so more reaching out and serving. More giving. I said this last week. I'll say it again in case you missed it. Some of y'all haven't given God a raise in about, oh, about 20 years. He doesn't need your money. But where your treasure is, there your heart is. Thankful for the faithfulness in this congregation. I am thankful because we're able to do so many things. But I will say this. I believe God's calling us to step up our giving. And then I said this, and I finished the message with this. It's usually not the way you end on a high. I talked about having more mountains, more obstacles, and more battles. I don't know how many people sign up for more fights. If I said, listen, there's going to be more disagreement, more struggle, more issues this year, how many would be like, give it to me, Pastor? Yeah. But here's what happened. Last week, many people in this building committed to that more. They committed to see heaven enlarged and try to shrink hell. They said more and yes to that more before they even understood the second more. I'm thankful today. And this is just a reminder. If you raised your hand last week, don't forget about the more before more. Because I'm going to share some things today, and, and, and this is the exciting part. This is the part where I got to get really excited about, and man, I was jumping out of bed, and I was writing quickly, and it was great. But it was the first part that was heavy, so please don't forget the first part of the more before we get to this more. Paul Harvey, I don't, how many remember who Paul Harvey is, just so I remember, and I know what age I'm talking to. All right. So about, about, Maybe a little, a little less than half. Paul Harvey used to say there's a rest of the story. The rest of the story. There's another side of the coin that I have to share with you this morning. I shared the first more last week. But as God was sharing this with me, he didn't stop at the first more. He said more before more. Isaiah 54 and 2, we read it last week. And then, Dylan, I'm not going to make you stay up here all night. Isaiah 54 and 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stake. Stakes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for more before more. God, I thank you that you're doing a work in this place and in this people. Father, I pray that in this house this morning you would arrest hearts and minds and ears 
to receive your word. God, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see you through me. God, I don't want them to hear me. I want them to hear you through me. Lord, so do a work. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. The 54th chapter of Isaiah begins with the Lord saying, Sing, barren woman who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who never were in labor. You say, Pastor, that's kind of odd. I know we're going to get there. It was written to Israel, and God is saying, there are more children of the desolate, or those that are not with us, than are with us. There are small, you are small in number. You are on size, certainly not the largest group. In fact, you might be the smallest group. How many know that you've, how many's ever been that, that, that position? You've been at the disadvantage. You've been the, the, the smaller group. You've been the one that didn't. And, and God said, and God said, not only that, you, you don't seem like you're worth much to many people. You say, Pastor, he didn't say that. Well, the Old Testament, if you were barren as a woman and not able to have children, you were not seen as, as, uh, as, as high up. You were not seen as, as valued at that point in time. And so God is saying, listen, you who are small in number, you who... Uh, are, are, are not valued by others, you who look like you're the least, I want you to sing and I want you to rejoice even though you can't see anything. And then he says in verse 2, which we read, enlarge the place of your tent. How many know what a tent's for? Okay, three people in the building know what a tent's for. All right, you know what? We're going to go on a camping trip right now, everybody. We're going outside. How many know what a tent is for now? Oh, look at that. That's amazing. Amen. Yeah. A tent, right? It was to hold the people. And he says, I want you to rejoice. I want you to shout as if you, as you've no, had no children. He said, but enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch the curtains wide. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. The only reason they would need to do that is if God was getting ready to bring an increase into their life. I want you to notice what he says in, in throughout that passage. He says, do not hold back. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hold back. As we step into more before more, I want to encourage you no matter where you are to not hold back. Okay, there's, thank you, Miss Vicki. Thank you for your help this morning. I'm going to preach to you because everybody else ain't listening to me. I'm thankful. I said, don't hold back. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hold back. No matter where you're sitting, no matter where you're standing, no matter what God's called you to do, don't hold back. Well, pastor, what if they don't come? Don't hold back. Pastor, what if they don't show up? Don't hold back. Pastor, what if they don't give? Don't hold back. Pastor, what if I look silly? Don't hold back because the verse 4 says, God said this. Verse 4 says, God said, do not be afraid. You'll not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. He said, don't hold back 
Because what you do, if your heart is pure and right, I will make sure it will have a benefit to you and you're not going to look silly to everybody else. What happens when God sparks something in us and says, hey, let's have a prayer meeting once a week. Or, hey, you need to go do this once a week. Or, hey, you need to do Is all of a sudden we begin to fear and go, but, but what, if they, what if they don't? What, what if I look stupid? What if I look silly? Listen, if your heart and your motives are pure, hear me today. God said you are not going to fear. He's not going to make you look silly. If he calls you to do it, he will equip you to do it. And if he equips you to do it, he will prepare the space for you to do it. As we go into more before more, I want to remind you, we have a God that cannot, has not, and will not fail. Don't hold back. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hold back. If we keep our hearts pure and our motives right, somebody say, our motives right. We're not serving others so we can see ourselves lifted up. We're not serving others so we can see ourselves propped up. We're not serving others and doing things in our community so we can say, look at abounding grace. That's not the purpose. Hear me, that is not our purpose. Our purpose is to build the kingdom. But if we have our heart right and our motives right and we don't hold back from God, I don't, under, I, I don't need to be afraid and we don't need to be afraid because God's saying, I've got you. I've got you. It may seem crazy trying to walk on water. Ask Peter how it felt because he did it. He got out of his boat and he stepped out. Many times people don't, don't because they're afraid to fail, but I'm serving today a God that cannot fail. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hold back. Listen, don't leave yourself at the end of your life saying, if I would have only done this or if I could have only done that. Don't wait until you're 70 and 80 years old or before you're laying on your deathbed saying, I wish I would have, I wish I would have. I seen something this morning. How many know who Nick Saban is? Anybody know who Nick Saban is? Nick Saban is the head coach of the uh, was the head coach of the Alabama football team, and he was the head coach for a while. And, and he had a lot of national championships. Some of you guys feel those pains from the Ohio State years. And 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 he's been the, the he he was the head coach for a while. Anybody know of a guy named Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick was the head coach of the of the uh, uh, New England Patriots. I know him well because he beat my Colts a lot. He was the head coach for 24 years, won a number of, of, of championships. And both of those men retired this week. And within 48 hours, both of those men were replaced. And what's going to happen over a matter of time is they'll still be remembered, but they're not going to have the influence they once had. You say, well, pastor, what are you saying? What I'm telling you is what you have to do, do now. Don't worry about everything else and don't wonder if I would have done this or if I would have done that, if I would have said this, if I would have went there, if I would have committed more, if I would have gave more, if I would have spent more time in prayer. Don't wonder at the end of your life if I would have, what would have happened. Don't hold back. You say, pastor, I'm going to look silly. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Trust in a God that can't fail, with your more before more. What does, and I'm going to hurry this morning, got the timer on, and you know what that means. It means I just push it to zero as quick as we can. More before more, 
means more souls and more healing. Because of the first part of more, more prayer, more fasting, more reaching, we're about to see the kingdom of God expand like we've never seen the kingdom of God expand. I'm not talking about how big we can get our church. I'm talking about how big we can get his church. Understand this morning, when I'm talking about souls, would I love to see this building packed out? Absolutely. Would I love to kick the wall out sometime? Yes. I would love to put the gym on and everything else that's in there and maybe add some stuff that I don't even know that you know about, that I know about, that you don't know about. Did you get that? I would love to do that. But here's the thing. If this wall never comes out and we fill heaven and shrink hell, we have served our purpose as a congregation and as a people. Now, with that being said, here's what I do believe. I believe that as we go more before more, that God is going to honor the people that are doing what God's called them to do. And he is going to expand this place. Why? Because I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you smell like. I don't care what you dress like. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your history is. I know God has a future for you. And we're going to get you to that future so you can be all God's called you to be. i got to slow down. I'm talking too fast. More souls. We got to get passionate about souls. Passionate about people. Passionate about people. I'm not talking about more souls in a checkbox of church membership. But people that God is about to radically change their lives. People that this world has written off. People that religion has written off. People that people that God that, that others would say there's no value in them. They've not produced anything. They are the least of the least and the worst of the worst. God is about to bring them in, and more lives are going to be changed for the kingdom, and we're going to build his church. The altars are not only going to be full of people praying again, but they're going to be stained with tears for the lives that are being changed. Full of people that are repenting. Somebody say repenting. I know that's a bad word in some churches, but repentance is still required. You can't be good enough. You can't do good enough. You can't be nice enough. You can't give enough to be saved. There's got to be repentance. But it's going to be filled with people coming and repenting and coming in contact with the Jesus that's about to change everything. From the guttermost to the uttermost, God is drawing people in. More souls. More healing of people mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. I believe we're about to see greater things than we've ever heard about, greater things than the old revivals and the old healing services. I'm, I'm thankful for men that men, many of you may not have heard of, but some of you have. Smith Wigglesworth and Lester Summerall and A.A. Allen and Oral Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman and William Branham. I'm thankful for all those men and women of God. I'm thankful for the miracles that took place in their ministries, but what took place in their ministries, I believe, is about to pale in comparison with what God 
God is getting ready to do. And hear me, God is not going to do it through a person. God is going to do it so he gets all the glory. It's not going to be about a man or a woman or a church or a place. It's going to be about the spirit of God that is doing the work and everything else is not going to matter. I believe that the devil has labeled people. I'm going to say this, and I know some of you may get a little bit upset with this, and that's all right. I believe the devil has labeled people with sickness and disease and disorders. God is not the author of sickness. God is not the author of disease. And the reason there's going to be more healing is because all the labels about the testimonies of what God is getting ready to heal. There's more people being diagnosed with health, health issues, disease, and disorders than at any time in history. In our world today, there are more diseases, disorders, and sicknesses and health issues that are being diagnosed today than ever before. There's new ones coming up. In fact, they say there's new infectious diseases, about three, that are being named a year right now. More than ever before. God is about ready to put on a healing clinic. A supernatural, no doubt about that God is doing the work healing clinic. Not about a man, not about a message, but all about God restoring health to the body. Somebody say amen. Say, well, pastor, I, I don't, you know, that's nice. God bless you. That's nice. No, if you were sick, you'd have a different opinion. People are about to understand the scripture in Isaiah 53 that says, He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Somebody say, are healed. I am healed. I am healed now. I am healed now. It didn't say you might be healed. You could be healed. You someday will be healed. It said you are healed. We're about to come into a place where there's more before more. More healing. The world is labeling what God is about to heal. Call it out. Put a name on it, diagnose it, go ahead. Get the doctor's report, lay it out. Let the doctor call it what he wants because God's about to heal that thing. Label it so God can heal it. The Bible says that God has given him a name, him being Jesus, a name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. You say, well, pastor, that's just people. Understand, I understand it's people that they're talking about, but it also said the things in heaven and the things in the earth. Everything, everything, cancer has to bow its knee. I said, can't, migraines have to bow its knee. Depression has to bow its knee. Anxiety has to bow its knee. Some of y'all, mm, mm. God will not do what you don't want him to do. I'm going on. I'm going on. Somebody say more souls, more healing. More souls, more healing. More before more means more impact and more influence. I'm going to say this. God's about to use places like this. And I mean places like this. People like this. And by that I mean not the largest number, not the most influential by status, 
not even the most likely. God's about to put people in place in this house in a position to have more impact for the kingdom of God. So they can have more of an impact in their community than they can imagine. God said, if you can be faithful in the fields, David, when no one's watching, if you can take care of everything when nobody's looking, if you can do it when everybody seems to be overlooking you, don't you worry, son. I'm watching you in the fields in your faithfulness. And because of your faithfulness, I'm about to elevate you to a place that God has only called you to be so that you can elevate him. Understand, when God puts you in the position for influence, when God puts you in a place for impact, it is not about you. It is about him. More before more. God is going to open up opportunities for impact and influence to people that have proven their hearts and their motives are pure. That God knows are going to lift him up rather than themselves. That will glorify God in all things. See, that's why I mentioned last week there's more of a battle, more of a test, and more mountains, more obstacles. Because the devil put them there, but God is using them to see how we're going to respond. Who's going to get the glory when you get the victory? Come on, somebody. You, you ain't so saved that you did it all by yourself. In fact, when you start saying that, I question how saved you are. When you start saying, God's the one that did it, God did it, God did it, God did it, God healed me, God saved me, God provided. When you start getting to that point and it's not look what I did, it's look what he did, you're on the right track. People had no business being in the spots that God's about to put them in. They're not qualified. Hear me. It's not your resume that you've written that God's going to put you in a place for. It's the resume he's written about you that others are about to see. And you're going to be put in a place not because of your qualifications, but because of your heart. Now, that does not mean don't go prepare. That doesn't mean get yourself ready. That doesn't mean don't study. But what I'm telling you is God, because of your heart, is about to put you in a position of influence because you've put him first in your life. More before more means more breakthrough, more power, and more victories. Anybody like that part? No, nobody does. Nobody's excited about it. That's all right. Listen, you don't have to be excited. I am excited for us all. Because I understand. Listen, maybe, you're, maybe I'm not delivering it the way that I needed to deliver it, but I'm telling you today that there's something on the inside of me that knows if we can do the more, that there's about to be greater things that God is about to do in this house and through this people. Yeah. Woo. Ha. Woo. Understand this. My pastor used to use this all the time. I'm going to borrow it. When that switch gets turned on, I'm not an electrician. I've messed up some wiring before, though. When that switch gets turned on, there's wire. And that wire works as conduit to the light. And it turns the light on. People look at the switch 
and say, that's a switch that's got power. People look at the light and say, that's a light that has light. But nobody looks at the wiring and goes, ooh, that's some pretty nice wiring right there. But the electricity that starts at the switch and goes to the light that makes a difference in the light being on or off touches the wire. All I want to be is wire. All I want to be is conduit for people being changed. And understand, when someone's healed, when somebody has a breakthrough, when someone has a victory, understand all you're doing is being conduit. You may not sense it in your life, but you will see it in theirs. More before more means more breakthrough, more power, more victories. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared, to, prepared for those that love him. And we hear that. And then it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. It didn't say God has revealed them to us through going to church all the time. It didn't say that God has revealed them to us by uh, just cracking our Bible once in a while. It's faithfulness and prayer it's faithfulness and committing our lives saying, God, I am going to seek your presence. And when I seek your presence, God is going to reveal the things that he's prepared for us. As we spend more time in prayer and fasting, there's coming greater power in our lives. Power that has always been there, but we've never accessed before. How many know God's power hasn't changed? Hold on a second. Hold on. You say, well, Pastor, you're saying more before more. I'm saying there's more before more because we've not sensed the more. God's power has not changed. We just haven't experienced it yet. We haven't accessed it, accessed the power that God has for us. More victories. I'm going to say this, and, and I'm going to start doing better myself. I believe we need to start having some more victory parties rather than pity parties. We need to start celebrating more what God has done and is doing and is about to do rather than what the world is doing and what all bad's happening in our world. There's about to be more victories. Yes, we have to understand if there's a victory, there has to be a fight. But I hear the Lord say, keep fighting, but remember the outcome is already determined. Keep fighting because the victory is already taken care of. You just keep fighting. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, keep fighting. There's about to be more victories in your life than you've ever seen before. There's about to be more victories because there's more before more. Somebody say, more before more. More breakthrough is coming in that we're about to see generational curses broken. Say, Pastor, I don't believe in generational curses. Well, then throw the Bible out if you want. There's generational curses and there's generational blessings. And we have a generation before us, and I'm not bashing any generations. I'm talking about that have passed down things from generation to generation to generation. How many know the drug problem is not getting better, it's getting worse? How many know divorce is getting worse, it's not getting better? How many understand that church attendance is shrinking? Christianity in our nation is shrinking. 
Why? I believe there's some generational curses that have been brought down from generation to generation that God's about to break. There's some families that are about to be reunited, long-suffering addicts that are about to be set free, a breakthrough of freedom into the things that Christ wants us to live and how he wants us to live. Some may say a breakthrough. You'll never see a breakthrough until you can believe there's going to be a breakthrough. More, somebody say more, more before more, more miracles, signs, and wonders. I want to be very clear, I am not chasing miracles. This is a little bit different today, and that's all right. That's all right. I'm not chasing miracles. I'm committed to the miracle worker. I'm not looking for wonders because he is a wonder. In fact, miracles, signs, and wonders, the Bible says, should follow them that believe. How many know Jesus, when he was on this earth, did miracles, signs, and wonders? Yeah, how many know he did them on this earth? Yes, yes. The Bible says greater things should you do now that he went to heaven and sent us the Holy Spirit. Why is it that the further we go from where Christ was on this earth, that we remove ourselves from the miracles, signs, and wonders? I'll tell you why, because the church has got too churched. We've become worrying more about our bank account than heaven's account. That wasn't in the notes. The things that many would say rarely happen. I've never seen that before. I can't believe God did that. Are about to become the normal. I said they're about to become the normal. We're not going to be surprised at miracles. We're going to come into the place expecting miracles. I know that you say, man, I've never seen a, I've never seen a sick person get out of a wheelchair. I'm about, to ready, I'm about to see God do it. I've never seen God heal cancer. I'm about to see God do it. I've never seen God do this. I said we're about to see God do it. Miracles, signs, and wonders where people are going to say, wow, what's going on over there? And what we're going to say is it's not a pastor. It's not a church. It's all about Jesus, and he's about to do some work. Hold on. Did we talk about God's power a little bit ago? We did, didn't we? How many agreed that God's power hasn't changed? Yeah, it hasn't changed, never will change, never can change. Nor has his miracles changed. So my question is very simple. If his miracles have not stopped from heaven, who has stopped them on this earth? I said, I told you that that God is waiting on us. I said, God is waiting on us. Can you imagine? I don't know how many of you are over 50 in the house or how many of you are over 20. I'm not going to take an age poll this morning. But I know this. Can you imagine how many miracles have been missed because we've been out of position? I don't know about you, but I refuse to go more years missing the miracles and the signs and the wonders that God has for me and my life. God is about to use ordinary people to show off his glory. I'm going to say this, and, and, and Dylan, I think I need you to come. If you go to a basketball game, and you see an NBA player, and they're at half court, Steph Curry comes to mind. How many know who Steph is? Okay, some of you know. Some of you just know what Curry is, and that's a little spicy. 
Do you see Steph Curry at half court popping half court shots and making them? You go, ah, pretty cool. Good job, Steph. But when you go to a game and they pull a fan out of the stands from up in the, like, the top level, and they say, we're giving one person a chance to hit a half-court shot for $20,000, and you see that person hit a shot, how many know it's a little bit different when that person hits the shot? Yeah, why? Because they're an ordinary, average person. And God's about ready to use ordinary, average people and show off his glory to everybody in this world. Anybody ordinary and average? Yeah about do extraordinary things I'm going to land this plane this morning I'm going to say a few things and I want you to understand all of these things I knew I couldn't fit into one message and I believe God strategically separated these two messages John 4 35 through 38 I'm going to read a couple more scriptures, but this one says this. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. But I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields, for they are ripe for harvest. Even though the one who reaps draws a wage and a harvest a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. The Lord said, I sent you to reap where you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? More before more means this. How many understand the first part of more that we talked about? Last week, some of y'all do. Some of you just turned me out. That's all right. But more before more means this. We are going to see harvest in fields we did not plant. We are going to see harvest in fields we didn't work in. We're going to see things in our community and harvest in our community from people that 30 and 40 and 60 and 80 years were praying for. A supernatural seed and harvest time. I'm going to say this, and I feel this so strongly. There's a supernatural seed and harvest time. How many understand seed and harvest? You sow... You take care, and then you reap. How many understand that? Yes. I believe that God is getting ready to supernaturally increase the timing of seed and harvest. What would at one time have taken months, God is about to do in minutes. Understand more before more. We can celebrate and get excited about that, but there's more before more. That which would take months, God is about to do in minutes. How will this happen? You say, Pastor, I don't understand because we can only do so much. I understand, but Isaiah 27 and 3 says this, I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that none and no one may harm it. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm telling you is this, that while we are doing everything we can, anybody remember my yard? I've had a hard time growing grass in my yard and we paid people and I did some stuff which probably didn't help 
and, and we had spots and patches all over the place. And they said this last year after we paid somebody else to come out and help us. And I noticed they didn't have the bags of, of stuff like I was buying at the store. But it started to go through a drought. How many remember last summer when it was a little, little hot? Hold on, how many remember when it was hot? Okay, if not, we can take a tour outside. You thank God for the hot. And he said the ground is so dry that nothing is going to grow. He said the best thing you can do is at least water it twice a day. And I said, just twice a day? He said, unless you can just keep the water on it the whole time and let it sprinkle the whole thing like three, four, six times a day. He said, the more water, the more growth. And he said, you don't want to oversaturate. He gave me all the instructions. But What I'm telling you is this. The seed that's being planted, God is watering continually. And because of that watering, there's about to be a supernatural increase of timing of growth. Somebody say growth. God is bringing about out of season, unexpected, unexplainable harvest into our lives. But we have to harvest. The saddest thing I can see is a field that a farmer has taken care of. A field that the farmer has planted. A field that the farmer has taken care of and, and fertilized. A field that month after month he's watched and grown. And you see the stalks of corn or you see the crop and it grows to a, to a high level. And then you see it never be harvested. The field of souls is ready for harvest. But we're going to have to do the harvest. Say, Pastor, people are going to just come. People are just going to show up. People are just going to be here. People are going to just know that I'm a Christian. People are, no, they're not. More before more. You might have to share your story. You might have to invite somebody to come to church with you. You might have to invite someone to go to dinner with you. But I want to say, keep sowing because he's watering. Keep serving because he's watering. Keep giving because he's watering. The old time folks used to say, keep on keeping on. Look at your neighbor, say, keep on keeping on. I don't know, this morning maybe. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Because I need to be a part of a place. And I'm not in the wrong place. I know I'm not. I'm just saying that to get your attention. I know I'm in the right spot. Because I need to be attached to a place that is ready for more souls. I need to be attached to a place that's ready to see more healing. I need to be attached to a place that's ready to see more victories and breakthroughs and miracles and signs and wonders. I need to be attached to a place that's ready to see God do more than ever before. If you're in this building today, 
you have a you have a responsibility but the greatest thing is this whatever you put your hands to with a pure heart and pure motives God is not going to let you fail and as you do that there's going to be more before more so understand today might be hard the battle may be tough but there is more after your more there's more after your fight there's more breakthrough there's more victories there's more power there's more presence there's more before more stand all over the house if you will Some are in this place and you say, Pastor, I'm not really worried about souls and healing doesn't really affect me and victories are, I'm going okay, everything's going all right and, you know, I mean, everything's going good for me and, and you know, I, that's great, thanks for the message, but I told you last week, this isn't about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Do you know anybody that needs Jesus in your life? Do you know anybody that needs healing that is in your life? Do you know anybody that needs breakthrough in their life? Do you know anybody that needs to be set free in their life? Do you know anybody that needs victory in their life? Do you know anybody? Because this is where it starts, but it doesn't stay in the building. It's gotta go outside the building. Look at your neighbor. Say more before more. Last week we raised our hand for the assignment. This week we raised our hand if we're ready to receive the more from God, the blessing. Understand we are not doing works to obtain a blessing. That's not what we're talking about. But God is checking our hearts and our motives. God is checking our actions to see if they line up with our words. And the assignment has been given. And it doesn't stop. But it's about to get bigger. Because the lives that are coming, because of what God is getting ready to do. If you're in this building, some of you may have heard more last week and raise your hand. Some of you may not have. But if you're ready to say, I don't want just the end more, but I'm ready for more before more. If that's you, raise your hand in this house. More before more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. You know what? I was going to pray. And here's what the Lord said, I need to hear them say it. You don't need to repeat a prayer after a preacher. You need to say it from yourself. You say, well, pastor, I don't know how to say it. Simply say, God, 
I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but I'm ready for more before more. I'm going to do all that you've called me to do. I want to walk where you tell me to walk. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to reach who you've called me to reach. And I'm ready to receive the more after the more, which is the healing. I want to see more lives saved. I want to see more people touched. I want to see salvations. I want to see healing. I want to see signs and wonders and miracles. I want to see victories and breakthroughs. I want to see families reunited. I want to see generational curses destroyed. I'm ready, Father, to sow in fields and watch you water it. And God, I'm ready to harvest in fields that I didn't plant. I'm ready for a supernatural timing change in the seed and harvest time. God, I'm ready. 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 Uh, uh, Luke, come here. Everybody up here. Look, 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 look up here. Come on, Luke. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Hear me. So help me. Hear me. I seen this as I'm walking across the stage. As if God is here, and, and, and I'm, please understand, as if God's here, I seen take a step to your right. You say, Pastor, what is that? God's saying you're moving in position. moving in position and then he said do not let anyone move you do do not let anyone move you when you leave this building there's going to be things pushing you Chad come here Pastor Chad come here There's going to be things pushing you from one side or the other. God said, don't allow the things of this world to move you from the position that I have allowed you to step into. Don't allow the things of this world to distract you I'm going to say this, and I'm done. You have a seat there in the front, please. I'm going to say this, and I'm done. Some of you, when I just showed you when Luke stepped over, you felt like taking a step. I'm not saying you have to take a step to an altar. I'm just saying some of you felt like taking a step. Maybe it was to the side. Maybe it was to the front. I don't know where. Some of you felt like taking a step. I'm going to say take that step right now in Jesus' name by faith. Take that step. Take that step in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you this morning. 
Lord, this morning there is a step in commitment, a step in intentionality, a step saying, God, we are desiring to be in position. We are desiring to be in the space, in the place that you want us to be. And Father, we're not going to let this world move us or sway us. We're not going to let the turmoil and the turbulence and the struggle and the strife, we're not going to let it sway us and push us out of the side because there's too many lives at stake. God, there's too many people that need to hear it. And God, it's not about us being blessed. It's about about us being used so we can grow your kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on, worship, say. And we'll see cities in revival. Oh, yeah. And salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see glory fill the nation like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see cities in revival. Come on, anybody believe that Salvation God can do it in this place? The streets. Don't you tell Don't me. you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see glory fill the nation like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, as for me and my family, and I'm going to say something, I don't want to come across arrogant or rude, but as for me and this ministry, we are staying in position for God to get ready to pour out His Spirit like He's never poured out His Spirit before. Now, I'm reminded of the word opportunity. And I'm reminded of what the Lord said. That there have been points at where this congregation, this church, failed to launch. And it was not on the pastor. It was on the people. I am so thankful for Pastor Rick and Trish. I'm thankful for their leadership, their heart, and their ministry. I'm thankful for it. Their faithfulness. And I believe, and I don't want to speak for him and he'll get a chance in a couple weeks to tell you if I'm wrong. But I believe the greatest blessing that they could ever see is to see God do what he's never done in this ministry. That would be their greatest blessing. And I believe God wants to do it. I believe Pastor Rick and I, we want to see it. My God, there is an opportunity before us. 
please help me understand and explain to everybody that we can this is an opportunity we cannot miss don't tell me you say pastor here's the new thing don't come to me I know I'm long this morning and I don't care it's still cold outside pastor I don't think I don't think God can do it I don't think listen don't you come to me don't tell me God can't don't tell me God can't build a church in Salina, Ohio this big we got kept the wall don't tell me God can't do that don't tell me God can't heal. Don't tell me God can't deliver. Don't tell me God can't set free. Don't tell me God can't save that person. Don't tell me God's not able to. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Because He is a God that cannot fail. He's a God that will not fail. I'm expecting more before more. Don't you tell me He can't do it. Don't you tell me.